A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming, Chicago Cubs Dreamcast, now affiliated with Obstructive View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. I'm Ken, Rice Cube on Twitter. Uh, hopefully Twitter doesn't burn down, but if it does, then I'm still Rice Cube on like Mastodon and Facebook and everything else. With me is Brasilius, also known as Jeff from Obstructive View. And how are you doing today, man? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm great. So we are just a couple days past the Cubs adding a few prospects to the 40-man. Uh, Jason Hayward's been released, and we are a couple of weeks out of the World Series. We tried to do, do this a little bit earlier, but, you know, life and actual adult responsibilities got in the way. So hopefully we get a chance to talk about what we thought of the World Series, uh, how we might potentially fix up the postseason if it was even broken to begin with, and then looking forward, how the Cubs are going to generate an actual winning roster. So how's that for a plan, sir? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. Before this particular podcast, and even before the World Series and playoffs started, we all thought the Dodgers were just going to win, and that obviously did not happen. Samsonite. I was way off. So we saw the Houston Astros defeat the Philadelphia Phillies in six games, and that meant that former Cubs manager Dusty Baker won the first World Series of his managerial career to go with his one World Series as a player. What the heck happened to the Dodgers, man? Ah, just that postseason. I mean... That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, what the uh, consensus is for a lot of these is, well, it's the postseason, what you're going to do. But, uh, yeah, it's just seemed like they got ambushed by the Padres, and then the Phillies essentially snuck into the playoffs, and they went almost all the way. So I, I guess it just goes to show you that all you really have to do is get in, right? Yeah, I mean, I was excited to see the Phillies go. Everyone, everyone was talking about how, it, how it's been such a long time since they uh, had success, but, you know, they won the World Series at least not that long ago. Maybe by, by Cub standards, uh, having a mm-hmm. World Series with a living memory uh, <laughs> seems short. But I, I was rooting for them. My, my uncle's a big Phillies fan. I, I work with a guy who's a big Phillies fan. So, um, and I love Kyle Schwarber, so, you know, I was kind of rooting for them. Yeah, I think everybody loves Kyle Schwarber. Like, you know, he he obviously had a really good regular season by home run standards. I don't know about much else, but he did smack a lot of home runs and uh, obviously had a couple of really big ones in the World Series. But 
look at the Phillies, they're just like feast or famine type offense, which is something that we saw from the Cubs uh, these past few years. It's like you either hit a home run or you're not scoring at all. And that just uh, seemed super boring. And that's probably why the Astros won, because they have a more diversified offense. Yeah, I was just looking up Kyle Schwarber's stats when you are talking, and he was okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming he struck out a lot and probably hit a bunch of stuff to the guy who's not going to be there next year in the shift. So, yeah, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of walks, like a 218 batting average, but 504 sluggings. Yeah, that's a, that's a big ISO, as they say, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the extra wild card? Like after we actually saw it for the first time, the extra round and the buys and all that? Yeah, I kind of like it. I mean, uh, I'd rather go one way or the other. I'd rather have like as few teams as possible or just, just open it up to as many teams as possible. Like it, anything, anything in between is, is, is a little, a little frustrating. So, so I liked it. I thought it was a good idea. I like the way it was structured with the, with the way they did with the home games. I think it made it a little, uh, I don't know, cleaner for lack of a better word. Could, that way it didn't stretch on forever. Like, I, I don't like the NBA has like a ton of teams in the, in the playoffs, but I always groan when NBA playoff season starts because I feel like it takes six months. Yeah. I think it's probably at least two months from, from start to end for the NBA playoffs and the NHL for that matter. Literally half the league makes the playoffs as, as opposed to, you know, 12 out of 30 for MLB right now before expansion. If they know what's good for them, they'll stay at the 12 total teams, six from each league. But yeah, I think it was a pretty fair, fair shake. Do you subscribe to the thing where the teams with the buy have too much rest and therefore they develop too much rust and then they can't really do anything anymore? Or was it just like su- supremely bad luck for? Atlanta I, I, I think it's just bad luck. I, I think baseball, more more than any of the other sports, um, you, you have a much bigger advantage with the buy just because you could set your rotation. So yeah, that I, makes I, sense. I, I think it was just bad luck. And I think uh, it was interesting what you said earlier, like you either have as few teams as possible or as many teams as possible, because I, I guess it's different because that's single elimination. But the NCAA basketball tournament is like super popular because of all the chaos. And maybe by being a uh, inherently chaotic sport, maybe a little bit of chaos in terms of who actually wins or loses is OK, because, you know, Duke always gets the number one seed and then they get bounced by the sweet 16 or whatever. And people seem to like that. Like people like rooting for the underdogs, like the Phillies, like basically had a lot of fans because nobody liked any of the other NL teams. And then by the time <laughs> they got to the world series, very few people outside of Houston actually liked the Astros. So of course Phillies became America's team. So it, it's too yeah, bad or- that they didn't win, but also I was just super happy for Dusty Baker. Uh, yeah, I think he yeah, deserved it. Even earlier in the playoffs, like it was tons of fun watching Seattle and Seattle fans just going nuts over their first playoff appearance in forever, <laughs> and actually winning a playoff series, even though they got crushed by Houston in the next round. Like it, it, it managed to to, to stir those old uh, old Cubs playoffs feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see another another fan base kind of go through it. Yeah, and I think uh, it, it's good thing for. Any team, not just the Cubs, but any team to just strive to make the postseason. So 
in that sense, I think they might be able to combat a little bit of the tanking. This is like part of the CBA, right? Like yeah. you don't hold down your prospects, you have that extra wild card spot, uh, you change the you know, trade deadlines slightly, you make it more of an incentive to sign players, you allocate more money to the players. At least that's the hope anyway, so that you can build a good team. And seeing what uh, certain teams were able to do to, like, have a chance against the teams that obviously blew through the entire uh, regular season really easily and won 100 games, and they just collapsed because of bad luck and just, you know, unfortunate timing the cubs can do that and they actually have more resources than say the pittsburgh pirates seem to have like even though their owner is also a billionaire and i i've seen you know the pittsburgh beat writers go nuts over how cheap it is or the (laughs) you know the now guardians owner also kind of cheap so if, if you have the resources and you have the fan base, you can obviously sustain this and really how much profit margin do you actually need? Just give us something to root for. Make me want to buy these Cubs convention tickets, assuming I was in Chicago. But, yeah, <laughs> like make it worth my while, you know? Oh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, just just your NCAA comment made me think, too, like the same thing kind of happened with the playoffs with for baseball, like always happens with uh uh, March Madness for me, whereas, you know, I, I make my March Madness bracket, and I'm like, or the equivalent here would be like, oh, you know, the Dodgers are great, no one's going to stop them. And then as soon as the games actually start, I'm rooting for the underdog in every single game. <laughs> yeah. And that's super fun, and I, I had a lot of fun with that. So, I don't know, maybe going into the playoffs, I was like, uh, you know, maybe we should edit this a bit to change it. Now I'm like, no, I, I, think, I think this is pretty good. Maybe add more teams, I don't know. Well, the only change I would want would be maybe to, um, like, if, if they add more teams, give some sort of either, I don't know, title, trophy, reward, whatever, to whoever wins the regular season in some sense, other than just a pennant, just to try to make that more uh, in the minds of fans, I guess. You know, in the NHL, they actually have uh, trophies for everything. They're, they're literal trophies that you get and you can display and you get your oh, name yeah, like, on a like, plaque like, and all that. Con Smythe and all of those guys, right? Yeah. With so all the, the individual awards. Yeah. Yeah, I think the big one for the regular season is the President's Trophy. So you get your name on that. And then whoever wins the Western Conference or whatever they call it now gets like a certain trophy. And then the other one gets a different trophy. And then if you win everything, of course, you get the big fat cup, right? And yeah. the cup is actually really, really cool. Like it's, Yeah, it's awesome. It's not going to stagger eye out like the <laughs> like the <laughs> Emmy or, or the, the World Series trophy, but, you know, it, it's nice. I was taking a look at the Cubs head-to-head schedule, and they had a winning record against every single team in the division except for St. Louis, who like creamed the the Cubs. They they were six and thirteen against the Cardinals. So it's kind of like if no other team in the division is willing to do anything, and the only team that's really jonesing to do anything is St. Louis because they seem to be involved in. First of all, they're obviously keeping Goldschmidt and Arenado. They're losing. Yadier Molina, but at the same time, they're probably going to try to sign or trade for a catcher because they they always seem to be able to do that. 
and they also have the financial support. So really, the Cubs' only competition, the only true competition right now is St. Louis, because I don't think Milwaukee is going to get much better. Their roster is probably aging a little bit. Uh, I don't think the rotation is going to stay elite forever. So, yeah, my, my feeling is that it's it's a good time for the Cubs with the way they finished the second half and all that, even against like a softer schedule, they they should be able to build up this team for next year. Yeah, I agree. I'm just looking at the Brewers numbers, and I'm still I'm still surprised that they didn't do better this year. Yeah, they but. did trade away like you know some parts of their bullpen, uh, primarily Josh Hader, and then the other guys who stuck around. I don't think they were terrible. They just like couldn't get it together at the right times. And so eventually they just kind of lost the division and their wild cards card uh, positioning. So it was a, uh, it, it was kind of bad for the Brewers, which, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, okay I guess, with that. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it too. I guess Kirsten Yell is turning into a pumpkin over the last three years also. It uh, didn't help them either. We we talked earlier about how the Cubs were able to protect four prospects, and then the rest are likely to you know they're they're obviously still exposed to the Rule Five draft. But when I'm looking at a lot of these teams before the non-tender deadline, they're basically like everybody's roster is pretty full up, and I think the Cubs can actually still remove quite a few folks from the roster so that they can draft a couple of roll five guys. Like there's a guy that the Mets didn't protect for whatever reason. And I can't remember his name. I think it was Mangum that everybody was talking about. They, they just uh, traded with Tampa Bay for miles Mastro Buoni. I, I, I can't say some of these Italian <laughs> names, but yeah, he, he seems like a jack of all trades type of uh, infield outfield utility guy. At least in the minors, he was able to hit, so that was pretty cool. So the guys who are protected, that includes Kevin Alcantara, now fielder Brennan Davis, of course, and then I think there were two pitchers. So there's Ben Brown, who uh, the Cubs got from the David Robertson trade with the Phillies, and then there was Ryan Jensen, who I bandied about, but I figured, you know, maybe they'll just leave him off, but apparently he was just that good, and the Cubs don't want to lose him. A very recent draft pick, I I believe. So that's that. At this time, I think there's 38 spots taken up on the roster, and I think they can jettison a few guys. So I'm looking at the roster now. Like Hendricks is obviously not going anywhere, but uh, I I can imagine that a guy like, say, uh, Mark Leiter Jr. might be non-tendered. Ethan yeah. Roberts, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I feel like they they wouldn't non-tender him unless absolutely necessary. Like if between now and then suddenly they threw like $400 million at Carlos Correa or something, they're not going to give up that spot. I think Manny Rodriguez is probably gone because he, he was just kind of unimpressive in the brief time that he got. That seems to be it for the pitchers. Maybe the Alexander Vizcaino guy. Who, who's on the restricted list. And some folks were thinking Rowan Wick, but as far as I could tell, Rowan Wick had 
you know, that like a lot of fans have been saying, you know, he's inconsistent, blew a few games, but from my eye, he was okay. And okay might save his job, but I don't really know. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the wrong person to ask for that because I, I was the guy who was wondering why the Cubs, uh, oh, what was the dude's name? Uh, you know, didn't, didn't hang on to, to Randy Wells, like after he was bad for like two years after his one good season. <laughs> I feel yeah. like Rowan, Rowan Wick might be the next guy in that category for me. Like yeah. he, he had a good year like once and that cemented my uh, opinion of him ever since. I'm, uh, I'm going to hang on to that. <laughs> yeah. And then from the infielder part, right after they got Mastro Bloney, trying to figure out if that means they're going to keep Zach McKinstry or not. And Alfonso Rivas is probably redundant at this point and he was kind of sucky. So he's probably gone. Yeah, I mean, uh, I figured they'll probably get a side of first baseman would be my guess. So. Jose Abreu, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a move. Yeah, yeah, that, that's who I that's who I figure they'll end up signing. I think. And then uh, from the outfielder core, I think uh, Rafael Ortega is gone, and they'll probably try to pass Nelson Velasquez through waivers and see if they can just outright him because I don't think they want to get rid of him, but he. Just didn't yeah. do much when he got playing time, you know? It's, yeah. it's kind of like you, you have all this hype and then you don't do much. And, of course, you're not going to get much of an opportunity because baseball is, unfortunately, a true meritocracy unlike, you know, real life. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you got to actually be good at your job to, to keep the job. So, yeah, I think that means there's an additional six spots up to six spots that they could clear in addition to this. Like looking, looking at this Cubs team, like what, what do we actually need? Uh, I assume a uh, shortstop first baseman. I'm not super worried about the outfield. Maybe a center fielder. Yeah. I mean, it have will be around for another year at least. He could play okay center field or at least he could before. <laughs> I think they're going to keep him in left field. So it, it sounds like just from what Jed Hoyer was saying that a lot of the center field would be coming from outside the organization. So they'll either trade for one or they'll sign one. But I don't think the center fielder is coming from in-house. I feel like this team can still build a bullpen from the ground up pretty well. So I'm not worried about the bullpen. What I am worried about is the guys eating five or six innings before you even get to the bullpen. Yeah, so, starting pitching, definitely. Yeah, there there are a bunch of guys like uh, Justin Verlander just won the uh, AL Cy Young uh, right before we recorded unanimously. I was reading a tidbit like he's the first pitcher to win the Cy Young a year after he didn't pitch at all because he had Tommy John surgery at age like what 38. He's 39 this year. Next year will be his age 40 season. He's looking for a contract very similar to what Max Scherzer got. But Scherzer is obviously younger. <laughs> so you're talking about a guy coming off a Cy Young season who did it the season after he had Tommy John surgery at that advanced age. And you're just like, well, is it really worth it? And then you realize it's Justin Verlander. And the answer is probably yes. I don't know that I would sign him to a to a big deal. I'm just too worried about his age and injury history. But let's try to think about what we're we can do here. I imagine that an opt out doesn't work at that age because this is like the last big contract he will ever receive at that that age, right? Uh, I also feel like uh, I guess, I guess can... if he gets a contract too, it'll it'll probably be a short one. So 
He's not signing three years or less. <laughs> he's not no, signing he's a not, ten-year deal at age forty. <laughs> yeah. So I think David and I were talking about it in the comments, and we we thought, well, three years under twenty million is probably fair. But for me, like I I think I agree with you, right? Like. There's an injury history and there's the advanced age. Maybe you make the second or third year vest or both. You say, okay, we're signing you to a three year contract or maybe it's two years guaranteed with a third year option. Third year option vests if you get like 360 innings over the, those two years combined. And I feel like at that age, it's probably fair, but I, I also don't know what the competition is going to be like or how committed the Astros are to keep them. Yeah, if they're going to spend big on a, on a pitcher, I'd rather them go for this uh, Japanese guy who might be transferring uh, like Senga. Yeah. We're taking a flyer on Syndergaard. Not because I think Syndergaard would be particularly good. I have no idea. But he'd be really fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's not throwing as fast as he used to, right? But uh, he he can eat five innings, I think. If they are going to throw money around, I don't think they're going to do stop gaps. Like uh, I feel like they should go after the big guns because they're they're only picking twelfth. So even if they gave up a pick, you know that it's not like they're giving up that much slot money. So True. at this point, you're just like, maybe you don't care about the draft as much. Like you want to keep that first round pick, which everybody does now, but maybe you just sign who you can and worry about the rest later. Yeah. I mean, my, my real top guy, well, I want them to target. Well, I mean, aside from Senga, who I think would be interesting would be, uh, I'd rather go after Carlos Rodon. Yeah. He's definitely younger and he, he's coming off a pretty darn good season. So I, I could see that happening. I don't know if there's an advantage to him being a lefty or not, but uh, that that might be pretty solid. But what's interesting is that Verlander, even after his surgery, is throwing like 9,900, <laughs> like upper 90s. It's like, how does that even happen? Medical science is awesome. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Does, does, does he hang out around uh, Tom Brady's Lazarus fit? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. There, there's a bit of a debate on, you know, again, Twitter before it go, all goes to hell about which of the shortstops the Cubs are in position to sign. I think the smart money, for whatever reason, is Carlos Correa. He's the only one who is not tied to a qualifying offer. I think the Red Sox are trying to get Xander Bogarts back. I think yeah, I the Atlanta back to the Red Sox. Yeah, I think Atlanta is trying to keep Dansby Swanson, and that's probably good because while he's a perfectly good player, I don't think that's the kind of contract that you want to lock yourself into if the bat fails. And now you have a defense-only shortstop who's making a lot of money, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, of all the guys, I, I don't think the Cubs will spend enough to get Correa. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him go and get uh, Trey Turner. Um, I think they, yeah. there's, there's a possibility there. I, I I think the most likely free agent that they'd end up with would probably be Swanson if he's available, though. Yeah, that's going to disappoint a lot of fans. I, yeah. I feel like he'd probably be good for at least a couple of years, but then who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Trey Turner. Yeah, Trey Turner would be kind of cool because at least he's fast and you can actually get the running game going unlike whatever happened last year. I was laughing looking at the, the shortstop list on MLBTR. Alcides Escobar, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> Is he still active? I can't, I can't believe it. I'm looking him up now. 
Yeah, apparently he played. He retired. Apparently he played this season for the Nationals. <laughs> That's funny. Forty-two right. games. That's actually amazing. Okay. We can run through the MLB TR list since you, you're on there. Like we we can start with pitching. So we we already talked about Rodon. We talked about possibly Verlander and Syndergaard and Senga. Senga is probably not on the MLB TR list, uh, but he'll be posted. And I think crowdsourcing says he should be like five years, seventy-ish million. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. yeah, that's that's pretty reasonable. And I feel like the Cubs should put their best foot forward. I think Seiya Suzuki is already trying to recruit yeah. him, so I, I feel okay. like that that maybe, might work. Maybe they could get you Darvish to help recruit him, since Darvish helped to help recruit Seiya, <laughs> even yeah. after he left the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible trade. I hope those things never happen again, because there's really no reason for the Cubs to do a salary dump, but maybe the Ricketts kids are just really bad with money or something. Or as bad as with money as you can be if you're a billionaire. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just very disappointing to just see this entire thing crumble down in front of your eyes over such a short period of time. See. So we talked about short stops. Is there a first baseman that that'll work out before well, really, they really, call really, really my secret list for first base was Rizzo, but he's already been re-signed by the Yankees. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's well, aside from well, that, I mean, Adam was right about that. You know, he's like, yeah, of, of course. Oh, it's, yeah, it's the ideal stadium, place short, short perch. Yeah. yeah. And maybe he'll be able to keep Judge in New York so we don't have to deal with Aaron Judge, the Cardinal or something. Who else? Who, who else works for first base Abreu. before Matt Mervis? And if they don't get Abreu? Uh, Justin uh, would be the only other name, but I'd be nervous about that. Like, he had that. A terrible yeah. season or two with Pittsburgh mm-hmm. on his other one. He's been, a, he's just been okay. I feel like that's, that's one of those, like, if you can't get an elite first baseman, you just put anyone there. You just put a guy there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at, at least until Mervis comes up and shows what he's got, right? Or leave I, he, I guess, I guess wisdom has to play third base for, for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of filler on this roster that I'm, I'm looking at. Like, you got PJ Higgins who could play first. You got Bodie, like, once they decide to call him back from Iowa, if he ever earns it. It's just a lot of filler. So you, you obviously need to fill some holes. And I feel like they simply can't afford not to, right? Like, they can't afford to just say, oh, well, we tried. They actually have to do something. Yeah. Oh, man, the third base. Market is a lot grimmer from the from looking at the list here. Hey, Williams Estadio. Everyone loved him a few years ago. Yeah. I thought he was a catcher. Or, yeah, or I, think he plays, I think he plays like every position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but primarily a catcher. But I see he's played lots of third base lately. Okay. Yeah, I feel like if they can't find somebody with a good enough bat, they, they just leave wisdom there. But I, I think left and right field are spoken for until they trade half or something. Center field is somebody that they'll get. Like I've seen Cody Bellinger's name being thrown out. I've seen Kiermaier. That's about it, really. I think Nimmo is being heavily recruited by the Blue Jays for whatever reason. They just traded Teoscar Hernandez, and that was super surprising because I guess they needed bullpen help, but 
it, it was just like, wow, I, I totally did not expect that. And I don't think Teoscar did either. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you notice that, that with all the bats that they're trying to, to grab, like contact oriented bats, uh, they're trying to basically rebuild this lineup so there's not as much strikeout. And I feel like there's not much chance of doing that because when you look at what happened during the most of the postseason, like everybody struck out. It, it was ridiculous how many times, you know, certain teams struck out in, in low scoring games. And when they did score, it was just a home run. So diversifying the offense with like bigger bases and a pitch clock and restricting the shift next year. I, I think that that should yeah, be but, very interesting. I'd yeah. be interested to see if any teams go after more uh, uh, left-handed hitters because of the shift. That's a good, interesting point, yeah. I know for sure that they want a left-handed hitting center fielder, and they just got a left-handed hitting batter in Miles Mastrobuoni, right? I, I'm not entirely sure how many more left lefties they can grab. You know, obviously all the shortstops, the big name shortstops are right handed, so not there, but they can probably hope for the best with Matt Mervis's bet. They can try to get a bounce back from a Cody Bellinger or something, but, uh, you know, there's not a lot of lefty options that I realistically see them getting other than that. We didn't really mention him earlier. He's not a lefty, but, uh, Christopher Morrell had a much better season than I thought. Yeah, I think he started hot, and then he just struck out all the time. It it was uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of strikeouts, but he still put up, Mm -hmm. you know, nearly a two-war season in like 110 games. No, I think he had a good rookie season. It's just uh, there, there were obviously things that he needed to work on. Yeah, he's got flaws in his game, but you know, I don't necessarily know if lesser free agent at center field would be much, uh, much better than him. <laughs> the beauty and the history in this cathedral, the sky so blue against the grass so green, like time stood still. So let's do this. I'm going to basically kind of type out. Uh, positions and we're going to make our dream team right now first base Abreu Abreu slash Mervis second base I I think if they sign a shortstop right they'll just uh, move Nico over okay Nico's in our second base so our ideal third baseman is probably not on the list but if we don't want it to be Patrick Wisdom, who who do we have for third base? It doesn't even have to be a free agent. You can trade for somebody. Like who who would the Cubs trade for? Man, I don't even know. <laughs> well, who's the best name on the third base list right now? <laughs> it probably, you know, obviously it won't be Jose Ramirez because he's locked in to Cleveland for a while. But there's got to be somebody, right? Not someone that the Cubs would probably want based on uh, what we were saying about strikeouts. But it looks like uh, actually doesn't strike out as much as I thought. Uh, Michael Franco. Oh no, wait, he's been terrible the last few years. Never mind. Oh okay. I'm I'm, I'm mistaking him for someone else. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to keep track when you you have like a day job. But <laughs> we can move someone who used to be a shortstop to third base. Maybe sign Correa as third and then let Trey Turner be the shortstop. That might be funny. Yeah, yeah I don't really like uh, Patrick Wisdom, but I guess we might as well leave him there. Oh, Brandon Drury is a free agent. 
And, you know, uh, Evan Longoria just got bought out by the Giants. So that, and then, oh, yeah, Drew, Drew had a pretty good year. If you don't care about the fact that he's old now, uh, Justin Turner is available. No, I want no part of Justin Turner. Okay. So let me just put in wisdom, wisdom slash. Put wisdom Friday face. <laughs> question mark. Drury question mark. And then shortstop, uh, I think. The the smart money is on Correa, so I'm just gonna put in Correa, and then I'll do a slash Turner. I'm I'm of the camp that is just kind of I'm not anti Swanson, but I would prefer not to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not he's not who I want, but he's he's who I think is most likely they'll get. Yeah, we assume that Wilson Contreras is gone, right? Like he's gonna yeah. be a Cardinal and piss us all off. Catcher wise, who who do we want as catcher? I think I'm still like big on an Omar Navias. Like, I yeah. feel like he might be able to bounce back, but I just realized Christian Vasquez is also a free agent. But the interesting thing about him is that, like, they traded for him and then they kept playing Martin Maldonado anyway. So I, I don't know what that says. You know, the Astros, like, I feel like he only played one of the World Series games behind the plate. And then the rest of the time he was either pinch hitter or he DH. I don't know what the deal is with Christian Vasquez, but I, I, what I do know is that I don't want Jan Gomes to be my primary catcher. Yeah, he's he's great. He's a great backup catcher. But yeah, all right. So Jan Gomes can be a pretty good backup catcher. I think uh, we'll go Narvaez Vasquez as number one, and then Jan Gomes as the two, and hopefully that means PJ Higgins can stay in Iowa until yeah. they actually need him. We need left field, which is Hap. Yep. Center field, I think we want Bellinger slash Kiermaier because that seems to be the most realistic thing unless they were to sign. Oh, cool. Alvaro Mora. Obviously not. <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, love, I'd love Kiermaier. That seems like someone they would target, especially since they would have to Souza mm-hmm. a couple years ago, who's a guy I always used to mix up with Kiermaier. Yeah. Do you know that AJ Pollock is a is a free agent and he could play center field. I I never thought of AJ Pollock as a center fielder for some reason. Is, is, is he uh, uninjured? <laughs> uh, he's a free agent, and I think he he basically declined the, his option with the White Sox. And then right field is obviously Suzuki. Pitcher got Stroman, Steele, probably Wesneski. Yeah. Hendricks is probably number five, and then we need a number one and possibly a number two. So I'm going to go Rodon, as you said, slash uh, Verlander as my dream. Relive pit- pitchers, I'm just going to say uh, in-house because I feel yeah, put, like... Put uh, put Senga on that list, too, for the pitchers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good, good call. Okay, okay. But there's a lot of competition for Senga all of a sudden. It's like every team's... Basically inviting him over for for tea. Yeah, but he's, he's also <laughs> so, not going to be he's also not going to be like an ace though either, right? So yeah. So if they wanted to, they they could just throw a little more money at him and bite bubble bullet, roll the dice, as they say. So if we take a look at that, I think uh, Nico is probably contact oriented. Abreu is obviously contact oriented. Gray and Turner, I think, have good bat bat on ball skills. Oh yeah. Uh, and Suzuki's supposed to have good contact skills, like he's been. He struck it a lot in his uh, initial season, but I think he was just trying to learn the league. Like he stopped 
striking out as much. Like you look at those rolling strikeout charts and it seemed okay. So yeah, I'm not too worried about Sam. You can have super juggernaut teams like the Dodgers were this past season and even the Astros. The Astros are essentially a dynasty. They, they've won those two bookended World Series ever since they got good again. And they've been in like the ALCS like pretty much every season. So dynasty. I would be all in favor of just the Cubs making the playoffs every single year, even if they don't win the division. So I, I feel like if they just do a little investment, given how poor the rest of the division is, or at least how poor they act, feel like they can make this happen. Something interesting happened between when Theo was leading the team and when Jet took over, because I, I feel like an entire philosophy kind of shifted and you you could see that the pitching uh was starting to take shape but they absolutely couldn't hit for crap so they definitely need some hitters more so than pitchers like pitchers would definitely help but uh yeah yeah i agree completely i think next year is one of those uh get in and get hot kind of seasons and i feel like they're in the position by the trade deadline to trade for an addition rather than doing another sell-off, because I don't think I personally would not be happy with another sell-off. I feel like most fans would agree with me. Yeah, I would not be happy to see one either. And then the following season, I think, you know, if he makes it to free agency, uh, Shohei's available. <laughs> so, yeah, I can roll, know, roll up the brakes truck for that one. <laughs> yeah. Like if uh, they don't magically trade Ian half for Shohei Otani and Mike Trout uh, this off season, as we joked about, uh, then that's next next off season, and there's probably a bunch of other guys I'm missing right now. But that's like the big one that I, I kind of want to see is just Shohei Otani Chicago Cub, like just have a major Japanese contingent on the Cubs, get more of the Asian league stars over. Because, uh, you know, the Asian leagues are getting pretty darn good again. There are a lot of stars in the making. So I, I feel like that would be good for recruitment purposes as well as for my personal entertainment because these are legitimately good players. Uh, you know, you could pitch at the Ricketts so that it wouldn't hurt their, uh, their bottom line if they uh, get a bunch of Japanese media money on the team. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Cubs convention is in January, as usual, so they have a little less than two months to make something happen, or else uh, they might impromptu cancel the convention and refund all your money. So (laughs) they they, they, kind of need to do something, and I really hope they do. So Friday is going to be the non-tender deadline. Again, we think like a a few names are going to come off the roster. I guess closer to the Rule 5 draft, we can take a look and see who the Cubs might decide to take. Uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of articles out there. I, I feel like, first of all, the teams, after being so stuffed up with one year of no Rule 5 draft and all these prospects like just jamming up the roster, they're going to need to do some moves before they determine how many guys they can realistically sign. And then there are just plenty of guys on the Cubs roster that they could designate for assignment if they needed to. So it's all good. 
it'll work out in the end. And if not, we'll do another angry podcast and sell everybody how cheap <laughs> the Rickets are and how much they suck. I, I haven't actually directly paid for the Chicago Cubs in a while. I've only been to the two Giants games when the Cubs visited these past couple of years, and that, that was it. So... They haven't been receiving my money, so I guess it's kind of like one of those, like, you didn't vote, so why are you complaining kind of things, but yeah, you know. Well, only indirectly here, since I pay for uh, MLB.TV, TV. I guess I do see them in uh, Colorado when they go. Yeah, they, they, they that's do, quite I guess, a drive, they, man. They, they, they do get a, a part of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that like a six-hour drive from Santa Fe to, to Denver? Yeah, it's about six hours. I, I go up to Denver kind of a lot anyway, so. Okay, it's just I twenty five. It's a pretty drive, I think. Oh, it's a gorgeous. Well, but yeah. most of it's a gorgeous drive. The part through New Mexico could be pretty boring. <laughs> At least when, though, though when the state was on fire for most of the summer, it was it could be it was a little more interesting at times. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, you got a real you got a real good view of the Hermit's Peak fire. <laughs> that's way too much glow, man. Uh, until Twitter blows itself up, you can find me on Twitter at Cubic Starconia. I don't think Jeff really tweets anymore. So you can find most of us now hanging out on obstructiveview.net, uh, where you guys have been gracious enough to let me ramble on about things in the blog ever since like our blogs were shuttered. Still find us on Facebook, which is another hell site. That's where we're most active on the social media. The site, again, is at obstructiveview.net. We'd like to thank Rich Deanna for a theme song and Randall Sanders for pulling Pat Hughes' call of the final out of the 2016 World Series, which the Cubs won, and people forget that. Uh, thank you to Jeff uh, Bersilius for hanging out with me. All right. Thanks for hosting. Yeah. And, of course, you can rate and uh, review us on Apple Podcasts. Please share this, and uh, you can email us at World Series Dreaming at gmail.com. Any final thoughts, Mr. Jeff? Just, uh, I'll reiterate your post from a week ago and say, uh, do something, Cubs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They need to do something. So, we will hope for the best with uh, Jet Hoyer and the front office, and uh, go Cubs! More than just a game.